0: If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org. Thank you for listening. Praise the Lord, church. He is risen. He is risen. Hallelujah. Welcome everybody to Easter at City Church. We are so excited, so glad that you guys could join us today. My name is Daniel Hassel. I am the pastor here at City Church. And we just want to welcome everybody today. Can you give God a big hand praise once again? Amen. So, and, and as as we continue on, um, I just want to invite you. to, You know, we're 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 wrapping and we're going into our second half of the service, and we're we receive a, a message. And I invite you that as we as we listen to this message and as this message is delivered, that your heart would be open, that your heart would be receptive, because towards the end of the service, there's going to be a moment where. We're going to ask you to respond to God's word. Amen. We believe that when we, when we share the message that uh, God has for us this week, we believe that it's uh, not just for, not just for um, the believers that are already here, but also for those that are maybe here for the first, second, third time. This is for everyone. And, and there comes that moment where we invite you to respond to God's word. And the response is very simple. We, we, we weekly do a, an altar call. And basically when you, when you come up to this front area, there, there's nothing magical about it. The tile is the same like the tile back there. The only thing is there's a little piece of carpet here. But the carpet, it, it doesn't do anything. But the only thing that happens is that when you take those steps, whether it's two steps for some of you, whether it's ten steps for some of you to come up here, the only thing that happens is that you are showing God, God I heard the message. I receive what you have for me. I'm still working through some things. But I'm responding to you today. So when we, when we do the altar call, that's all you're doing. You're responding to God's word. And you're acknowledging, Lord, I understand that you're speaking. I don't quite understand it all. I don't quite get it all. But I'm here. And when you have that sincerity in your heart, when you have an open heart to, to just acknowledge, Lord, I know you're here and I know you're speaking, God begins to do some amazing things in your life. We believe it with all our heart. Amen? So just be prepared. Be Open your heart, open your, your mind to what God has for us today. And today, obviously, it's a wonderful day. It's Easter. Happy Easter to everyone. Amen? And we're excited because these are special days that we get to celebrate As a church, today if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to open to the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 16 is the last chapter in Mark. If you didn't bring a Bible, if you have your phone and you have the Bible app, you can tap your way to Mark chapter 16. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV version. If you don't have a Bible and if you don't have the Bible app, we're going to have it up on the screens for you. Amen. But Mark chapter 16... Mark chapter 16, and we're going to begin in verse 9. Let's see. If you have it, say amen. Mark chapter 16, verse 9. Again, if you didn't bring your Bible, it's already up on the the screens. Amen. The word of God says, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not but live, believe them either. Let's pray. Father, we come before your presence in this moment. Lord, as we move into this message, I ask you, God, that you would open my heart first. That you would speak into my life. Because I need this message of the gospel every day. I need to be reminded of what you've done for my life. And I ask you for my brothers and my sisters, our friends and our family that is here today. And I ask you, Lord, that, that our hearts would be open so that as we hear this message, that you would begin to do the work in our lives that you want to do. We know you have a purpose. We know that you have a plan and we know that you have our lives in your hands. And today, God, we just ask you to speak into our lives in the name of Jesus, we pray. Can someone say amen? Amen. amen? amen. Giving God a big hand praise. Come on, you may you may be seated. How many of us would agree that it would be nice if we knew someone that lived in in tomorrowland? And what I mean by that is if we knew somebody that lived in the future that could call us in the past and tell us, hey, you know what, tomorrow is going to be a rough day. Uh, tomorrow, uh, this is going to happen. And maybe some of us would call him or her and, and say, hey, um, wh- wh- what is, I'm about to take a test tomorrow at school. What are the questions and what are the answers? Uh, how many, when you were in school, you wish you had that, right? Say, someone you could talk to, hey, what's the questions and what are the answers? Um, how about when you were going to ask someone on a date, you could call tomorrow and say, hey, tomorrow. Is she going to say yes or no? That way I I avoid the embarrassment. Or I can call tomorrow, is she going to break up with me? Is he going to break up with me? That way I can do it first. And, And it would be great. But let's be honest, I think most of us would call tomorrow and say, what are the winning lotto numbers for tomorrow? Right? And it would be nice. It would be nice. Because we would all love to know what tomorrow is going to bring. Because there's been some of us that have gone to bed at night and we wake up the next morning and, and as we start going through our day, we begin to experience things that we weren't planning on experiencing. There are things that begin to happen that we were not planning on them. To happen, you know, we, we show up at work tomorrow and, and we get the news that they're downsizing the company and that they're laying some positions off. We wake up in the morning next to our spouse and, and we realize uh, that our spouse is no longer into the relationship and into our marriage and, and wants to call it quits. It would be nice if we knew what would happen tomorrow. But I would submit to you. That even if we knew what was going to happen tomorrow, the things that are painful will, con- will remain painful. Amen? The things that are going to hurt us, whether we know it a week before or a day before, if it's going to hurt us, it's going to hurt us. Right? When you go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, i got to give you an antibiotic shot um, and the nurse comes in, and she prepares a spot, and she says, This is gonna hurt a little bit. Because she told us it's gonna hurt, it doesn't lessen the pain. We still feel the pain. And some grown men act all crazy when it comes to, to shots. It, it, no matter what, it doesn't prepare us for the pain. It, it, it does whether you know, whether or not you know hurt is coming, hurt hurts. Praise the Lord, somebody. And here's the truth, here's the truth, when it comes to pain, when something bad or something negative or some, we get bad news in our lives, negative things, bad news tends to cloud our perspective. It tends to cloud our, our judgment. And what we're reading here in Mark chapter 16, verse 9, let's read that, just chapter verse 9. It says that when Mary, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. Now, this is the reason why we believe what we believe. We believe that Jesus rose from the dead, that there was a resurrection because There were eyewitnesses to the resurrection. And these eyewitnesses, it wasn't just Mary. There were, there were, Jesus, the Bible tells us, appeared to thousands of people. And not only is it because we we read it in the Bible, but history has shown us. That there were people that were willing to go to to death, to go to die for this eyewitness account that Jesus not only died, but he rose from the dead again. And most of us, I don't think any of us here are willing to die for a lie. We'll die for the truth. We will go to our graves holding on to the truth. So Jesus rose and he appears to Mary Magdalene and and then it says in verse 10 that she went and she told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. And when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. And afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest. But they did not believe them either. Tell your neighbor, they didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. So here's the scene it's Easter morning. Friday has gone by, Saturday has gone by, and all of a sudden, early in the morning, Jesus has resurrected from the dead, and there are eyewitnesses who see that Jesus has risen, and they go to tell others, but they don't believe them. How many of you know that when we are in a place of pain in our lives, it clouds our perspective? When we're hurting and people come and tell us the things that we really do need to hear, we tend to brush them off and say, I don't want to hear that. Can't you see I'm in pain? Can't you see I've gone through something difficult? Can't you see that, that, that right now I'm in my mourning period? I don't want to hear any type of encouragement. I don't want to hear anything that is supposed to be good news. I am hurting at this moment because pain clouds our perspective. Now, possibly the reason for which the disciples and those that were hearing the report of Jesus being alive, possibly the reason that that they couldn't believe it was because simply it just sounded too good to be true. Right? Like that TV infomercial selling Diet pills that in two weeks you're going to lose 50 pounds. But wait, if you act now, you're going to get not one bottle, but three bottles at all for the low price of $19.99. It is just too good to be true. Praise the Lord, someone. And I think that there are some people sitting here today that they hear of the love that God has, they hear of what Jesus did on that cross and they they hear that Jesus resurrected and and that Jesus wants to give us the victory that he had. He wants to give it to us as well. And some of us may be sitting in these chairs and we're saying, yeah, but that sounds too good to be true. It, It sounds too good to be true that Jesus wants to restore my life. It sounds to be good, true, too, too good to be true to believe that, that Jesus wants to fix and restore my marriage. He wants to restore my relationships. He wants, he wants to help me through my difficult circumstance. That Jesus wants to bless my life. Uh, it just sounds too good to be true. That Jesus has a miracle for my life. It sounds too good to be true. Why even try? Jesus is alive while you mourn and weep, because it sounds too good to be true. But honestly, I can't sit here and be upset with the disciples because they didn't believe, because can't be I can't blame them for having a hard time in believing. They had a very hard weekend. How many of you had a, a hard weekend or have had a hard week and it's just, I I, I just need to get past this. And, and a lot of us don't even want Monday. We don't like Monday. But if we had a hard weekend, we just can't wait for Monday to come just to get going in our week, right? And, and the disciples were in the same position. They have had a hard weekend. On Friday, which in the Christian world and in our churches, we refer to it as As good Friday. But honestly, there was nothing good about Friday. Friday was about pain, and and Friday was about suffering, and and Friday was about loss, and and Friday was about death, and and Friday was about defeat. And and, and Friday, there was nothing good that happened on Friday. And, And I can't blame those who may be sitting here and saying it sounds too good to be true because some of you have lived through your Fridays. Some of you have lived through some pain. Some of you have lived through some discouragement. Some of you have lived through some betrayal. Some of us here can sit and, and testify about how hard life is and, and, and just there is nothing good about our Friday because Friday is a day in which we were betrayed. Friday is the day in which everything appears to die in our life. Only you know the pain that you have had to endure on Friday. Only you know the loneliness that came on Saturday. Because nothing happened on Saturday. It was just another day and there was no, no hope, there was no excitement, there was nothing good that would continue and, and there was just loneliness and only you know what you feel after the betrayal and after the pain. But there are people here. Who have made it through Friday. There are people here that have made it through Saturday. And there are people here that have experienced the resurrection power of Jesus on Sunday morning. And I believe that everyone has the opportunity today to respond to God's word and say, Don't worry, Sunday is coming. I know it's not easy right now. I know it's not, it's not enjoyable at this moment, but Sunday. Sunday is coming. And if we can endure the journey and if we can endure the pain, I believe that the resurrection of Jesus can become more than just a historical event. It can become more than just Easter bunnies and Easter eggs that our kids uh, hunt. It can become more. It can become something that changes our life forever. Can someone say amen to that? So as we read in this text, right, that Jesus appeared to two of them while they were walking in the country, I, I want to dig a little deeper into what happened to these two. The Bible names these uh, names. one of them, one is named Cleopas, and the other one remains unnamed, but their story is further elaborated in, in Luke chapter 24. And I'm going to catch you up because we're not going to read from the beginning. But in Luke chapter 24, the Bible tells us that Jesus uh, begins to walk along the, alongside these two. And that when these two see Jesus, for some reason, they're kept from recognizing him. They didn't know that it was Jesus. I don't know if Jesus put on some glasses and was doing the whole Clark Kent Superman thing. But something happened where they couldn't recognize Jesus. And in verse 17, Jesus overhears what they're Talking about what they're speaking about, and he asked them a question What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? Jesus asked, What things? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. The Bible says that when Jesus asked them, what are you guys talking about? That they, they stopped. They stood still and that they were downcast. They, they hung their heads low. Because they were still living in Friday. And Friday represents the day of pain. You gotta understand that these two, that that these two, they had gone all in on Jesus. The disciples had gone. All in in Jesus. There were people that left their homes. There were people that left their families. There were people that left everything they knew, everything they had to follow Jesus. They believed in him. They had gone all in on Jesus. They had pushed all their chips to the center of the table. And now, Jesus was dead and how many of you know this to be true that when we put all of our trust in something and then that something disappoints you it's painful how many have been there we 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 put our trust in a career and, and then all of a sudden that career disappoints us we we put all of our trust in a spouse and then all of a sudden that spouse disappoints disappoints us it's painful you build your life, your hopes, your dreams on something, and then when that something gets ripped out of your life, it hurts. And that's where these two guys were. They, they were in a place of pain in their lives. And I believe that's where some of us here may be today. We're in a place of pain in our lives. You are living in Friday. You can't see past Friday. And you are in a time of pain. And let me tell you, there, there's physical pain. There is emotional pain. There is spiritual pain. And, and there, maybe someone has spoken words over your life of death that you're, you're never going to achieve that. You're never going to reach that goal. You just aren't good enough. You just can't do it. And we are... Living in Friday, in pain, in words of death. Now we look good today. I want to—you congr- guys all look very handsome, very, very beautiful today. Give yourself a hand. We we come to church, yes. We we dress up, we, we clean up well, and and we we put up the brave, we put on the brave face. And when people ask us how you're doing, we say, "Yeah, well, I'm doing good." When in the deep recesses of our soul. There's just chaos. There's emptiness. But here's what I want to tell you today: Jesus understands your pain. He suffered. I mean, we 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 know that Jesus understands physical pain. We we've all seen the movie. We've all heard the stories. The Bible tells us that, that when Jesus was taken before the council uh, and the religious leaders that they questioned him and after they deemed that he was not who he said he was, they, they took him out into the, into the, into the back of, of, of that area and they whipped him and they would use a whip with at the end there were there was metal and there was glass and there were hooks and that it, it, when they would whip people with that it would wrap around their body and it would get in, it, it would get stuck in their flesh and then they would just pull it out and I don't want to get all graphic but you got to understand that Easter is not just Easter bunnies and Easter eggs. This is real. and This is something that happened and that we pull it out and flesh would come off and the Bible tells us that they hung him on a cross and that they stretched him out before man and for him to even be able to speak, he had to try to lift himself up because of the pressure that was on his lungs. The pressure that was on his body would not allow him to breathe. So in order to breathe To speak words, he had to lift himself up to be able to talk. God, under Jesus, understands physical pain, and He endured that all for you and for me. But I want you to know that Jesus also understands your emotional pain, He understands what it means to be rejected. He understands what it means to be abandoned. Jesus understands what it means to be left alone. If you read your Bible, you will you'll you'll see that that Jesus had 72 disciples. Pastor, you didn't have seventy-two. He had twelve. Well, he had twelve that that got all the all the publicity and all the all the airtime. But the Bible tells us there were seventy-two followers of Jesus that would follow him everywhere he would go. And then out of those seventy-two, he had uh, the board. We can call him the board of the company, the twelve. And then even out of those twelve, he had the inner circle. There was three: Peter, James, and John. And and there were times that Jesus would say, "Hey, you all." We talked about this last week, right? Do You guys all stay here. You three are coming with me. Jesus understands being abandoned because it was at that point when Jesus was taken before the religious leaders that none of his 72 followers went with him. It was Peter, right? Peter is on the outskirts of the building trying to see what's going on, maybe he can get a glimpse of Jesus and, and all of a sudden this little girl approaches him and, and says, hey, I know you, you're, you're one of those Jesus followers. No, 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 I, that's not who I am. What are you talking about? Get away from me, little girl. And, and then a little later on, uh, uh, some people, some adults approach him with a little girl. Hey, you, you're one of them. No, I'm not one of them. I have no idea what you're talking about. Then a third time, people approach him and say, no, you're definitely one of them. You, you're from Galilee. You, 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 we've seen you with them. And as if to drive his point home, Peter curses. He says, I have no clue what you're talking about. And in that point, the Bible tells us that Jesus locked eyes with Peter. And I can only imagine the pain that Jesus felt when he saw and when he knew that Peter was rejecting him. That Peter was abandoning him. Jesus knows emotional pain. But see, Jesus lived through the Friday so that you and I would not remain stuck in Friday. And there are some of us here that it's time for us to take a step forward into our tomorrow and forget about what happened in Friday because it's time for us to rise up and to understand that Jesus took it all for us, that Jesus took that pain, Jesus took that hurt, and Jesus took that abandonment, and Jesus took that loneliness so that you and I wouldn't remain in the place of hurt and pain. And these guys are explaining, well, the, the chief priests and our and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. And in verse 21, it says, But we had hoped. That he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more is the third day since all this took place. Now, hope is an interesting thing. Hope is an interesting thing. Hope is the the expectation of a desired outcome. I'm going to start a business, and my hope is that the business is going to thrive to where it's going to provide for my family, and it's going to be a a help and a blessing to others, and it's going to be something that's good. Hope is an expectation of a desired outcome, but hopelessness or being hopeless is when an expectation doesn't line up with your experience. You, you expected that friendship that you started with that person to be a good friendship. But your experience isn't lining up with your expectation. You're beginning to realize that this friendship is not working out. See, you... you you had the expectation that you would never fall into that financial mess again. But your experience right now is that you're beginning to fall into some of the same habits that you had before you fell into the last financial mess. And your, your hope is turning into hopelessness. And when we are finding ourselves in hopelessness and we begin losing hope in our lives, we begin to wonder, is it even worth continuing to try? Listen, church. Hopelessness will cause you to grow comfortable in dysfunction. I'll say that again. Hopelessness will cause you to grow comfortable in dysfunction. That's just the way I am because I have no hope to get to change my life, I will just grow accustomed to the dysfunction in my life. I will grow accustomed to the chaos in my life because I have, it's not even worth trying. This is all I've known. It's happened in my grandparents. It happened in my parents. And now it's beginning to happen in my life. So why even try to change it? We we try sometimes, and we we fight, but sometimes we get to a point where we we lose the fight in our lives. So if Friday was the day of pain, Saturday was the day of was the day without hope. Some of us would never say this, but there are some of us here that we've prayed to God and we've asked Him to do something in our lives, and. For whatever reason, God has not answered the prayer the way we wanted him to answer the prayer. He hasn't responded the way we had hoped that he would respond. And, and we sit now in a place where, well, God didn't answer my prayers and, and, and I'm I'm kind of a, 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 a losing my faith and I'm losing my my belief that God can do what he says he can do and that he can understand. And, and some of us would never say this, but maybe even some of us are beginning to get a little angry with God. But what we sometimes don't understand about God is that God, the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and was void and was, uh, uh, it was just, it was chaotic what was happening in the world. And then in the beginning, right? But God created the heavens and the earth that means that God existed outside of the heavens and the earth and what we end up doing is we put God within the constraints of our time and you got to understand that God is not constrained to our time and to the way we see and perceive things God is a God that has always existed and he lives in this moment right now but God has already seen your future God sees your beginning, but God has already seen your end. God sees where you came from, but God already knows where you're going. And he sees the purpose that is being fulfilled in your life. And and we got to understand this because sometimes we get frustrated with God because we, we lose hope. God, I ask you, Lord, that you would provide this. Lord, I ask you, God, that you would change this in my life. God, change my husband. God, change my wife. Make them a better person. And we start praying all these crazy prayers, expecting God to do these things. And sometimes God does answer our prayers, but sometimes God's answer is no. I'm not going to give you that. I'm not going to provide that. That's something that you don't understand because I have been at your end. I have been where your purpose is fulfilled. And if I give this to you over here, there's no way you're going to get to where you need to get. But we get angry and upset with God. And and we forget that that he says that the word of God tells us that in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that we know that all things... God works for the good of those who love Him. All your experiences in life, whether good or whether bad, God is working them because He knows where you're headed, He knows where you need to go. And we know. Another version says, and we know that God is able. To work all things for the good of, of those who love him. And see, I don't know what your background is and I don't know what churches you've been to and what some churches may have told you, but I want you to know that in City Church, we serve a God that is able. He is able to restore your marriage. We serve a God that is able. He is able to restore your finances. We serve a God that is able. He is able to restore your health. We serve a God of miracles. He is able to restore your health and do a miracle in your life he's taking a little bit of blessing and then he takes a little bit of challenge and then he takes a little bit of favor over your life and then he takes a little bit of hurt and pain and he mixes it all together and says child I can't wait till you get to your purpose because then you're going to understand what I had for you and you're going to understand the process that you needed to walk through in order to get to the place of blessing, in order to get to the place where I needed you to get in order to get to the place of your calling my son has a purpose my daughter has a destiny come on church someone needs to get a little excited today because you have purpose you have destiny hang in there son I've got you Sunday is on its way although you may be lonely today although you may feel abandoned today Sunday is on its way Sunday's on its way. And then the Bible tells us just, I got to wrap this up. I know I'm running out of time. We got to wrap this up. Luke chapter, in Luke chapter 24, it keeps on saying in verse 30. When they got to where they were going, the two, Cleopas and his partner, they get to where they're going. Jesus acts like, pretends like he's going to keep going and they invite Jesus. No, no, no. It's getting dark. Why don't you come with us? So Jesus goes into the house with them. And the Bible tells us in verse 30 that when he was at the table with them, he took bread. He gave thanks. He broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open and they recognized them and he... Disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while He talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once, uh, whatever that seven mile trip took them, whether it was six hours, seven hours, they got up immediately and they went back to Jerusalem and there they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and they said, It's true, the Lord is risen. The The Lord is alive. He is resurrected. And if Friday was the day of pain, and if Saturday was the day of without hope, then Sunday was the day of life and freedom for the believer. The story is told at one time. I've told you guys this before. But there was a, a father and his son, they were driving in the car and and without them having realized it, when they got in the car, a bee had gotten in the car with them. And as they're driving, they have the AC running and they, they're going, all of a sudden, the bee starts buzzing around. and The windows are closed and the sun starts freaking out oh, my God, oh, my God, Uh, something is going to bite me. It's going to sting me. Uh, And the dad is like lowering down the windows, and the bee would just not leave. When all of a sudden the dad times it perfectly, reaches out, grabs a hold of the bee. And as he's holding it, the son is like, "Whoo! That was a close call. And all of a sudden, the dad just opens his palm, and the bee starts buzzing around again. And the son starts freaking out. Dad, why'd you let the bee go? What? Dad is gonna sting me. And the dad tells the son, "Son, settle down. He already stung me." The bee can't do anything to you anymore. All it can do is make a lot of noise. And all it can do is make it seem like it's being very aggressive. But I took the sting for you. And this is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter fifteen, 15, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Jesus went on that cross. He took the sting of death for you and for me. And now he has risen and says, son, daughter, don't need to worry. The enemy, the the." the Death can threaten you all at once, but death can't do a thing to you because your life is secure in me. Whoever so may die, if he believes in me, will not die, but shall live. Put that last verse back up, Sister Audrey. The last slide. Verse so Verse 32. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? And I believe this happens to us. Jesus is in the room and we can't even see him. But yet we, something is happening in our hearts. I don't know, I, I, I still find it hard to believe, But let me tell you, if there's something tugging at your heart, if there's something telling you, I don't know, but maybe I do need to believe, let me tell you that Jesus is in the room right now, and he's trying to get into that heart of yours, and I want to encourage you, I want to tell you that if you would open up your heart, this promise that death will never hurt you, that the grave will never hold your body down, that promise can belong to you today, if only you would believe leave. If only you would open your eyes and if you would recognize that your heart is burning when the word of God is being delivered to you and you would stand up and say, God, I am here. Lord, I am here. What would you have me do? What would you have me do? Come on, church. Can we stand to our feet today and can we just celebrate the resurrection of Jesus? Can we just celebrate? Can we shout? Can we give him some glory? We have a risen Savior. We we have a Savior that loves us. He died on that cross for you. He died on that cross for me. He said, nothing can ever hurt you again. Nothing can hold you down. You have power